Welcome to TFW Live, the best kept secret in fantasy football, where we keep that week one feeling going all year long. I'm Austin Sear and joined here by a couple of my best friends, Johnny Game Time Hicks and Big Travi, you know the gang. And of course, you, Whisper Nation, big shout out here to Ronald Albert. We got Pizza Belly in the chat, Freak Stomper showing up. What's up, Jersey J? Love having all of you guys here, as well as longtime friend of the show, Y'all know him as Lando from Snap. How are you doing, my guy? Excellent. Thanks for having me, guys. Always a pleasure. Dude, stoked to have you here, man. Stoked to have everybody else here as well. And if you love fantasy football and would enjoy joining a community where you know that you belong, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. We are trying to get just one more subscriber to Whisper Nation today. Just one more could be you. And if you are new... Go ahead and let us know where you're streaming in from. We'd love to shout you out here live on the show. Lando, welcome back. Wanted to jump into some of our lightning round questions. You ready to hit these? Getting into it right away. We don't mess around here on the Whisper Nation. No, we don't, man. We're getting it going. All right, so do you root for your NFL team or your fantasy team more? I have become... Uh, team agnostic, only my fantasy players is all I care about each Sunday. Feel <laughs> uh, that. What year did you start playing fantasy football? Shoot, it's been uh, probably about 15 to 18 years ago I've been playing fantasy football. Seriously, I would say it's about eight years now of, of like really getting into the grind of fantasy. So about eight years, I would say. Nice. And in that time, then who is your favorite fantasy football player all time? Man, so, uh, Peyton Manning. I'm going Ooh, Peyton Manning. Nice. Love one. hearing that one. That brings back some memories too. Favorite fantasy football team name? Oh, okay, I I'll go the opposite way. I hate anything of like of a feeling, like feeling, feeling. <laughs> I, on a feeling. I, I hooked on a feeling of bruising. It's so playing <laughs> I, I like something unique. I like insider stuff. Like I like obviously the play on words is and team names and player names is fine. But uh, I'm going to say I hate hooked on a feeling. Oh my God. I love that. So in that same vein of things you don't like least favorite fantasy football player all time. Least. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, shoot. LeGarrette Blunt. Oh, any particular reason on that? Going against like just those touchdowns he got that one year uh with new england for some reason that sticks in my head like breaking the fantasy rules anyone that breaks fantasy rules like cordero patterson last year how like efficient he was like as analysts like what are you supposed to do when that happens like i don't know you just throw your three hands up in the air oh that's a fun take so what is a sound or a noise that you love a sound or a noise yeah uh, um, I like I like a waterfall. It's my it's I like that. Ooh, I like ooh, noise. waterfall. Yeah, I can get behind that for sure. Yeah. Favorite swear word. Fuck. Undefeated. What are the most leagues you've played in at one time? I'll say th- a few years ago when we really were were rocking and rolling. I want to say like six or so leagues, and that was enough for me. That's enough. And a co- like that was by myself, and then a couple co commission leagues. Yeah, I feel that most, ex- uh, excuse me, uh, yeah, most exciting fantasy football moment. 
Man, it was a couple, uh, a couple years ago. I was in a 16-team final, and I got my heart broken by Josh Allen in the final mm-hmm. game. And uh, I'll never remember, I'll never forget it. It was like, it was exciting, but it was also heartbreaking at the same time. I've never felt that, the, the sadness ever before. <laughs> like that uh, much intensity. Uh, oh man, that was crazy. So what do you, what you're basically saying is you've never gone to a championship and lost until then. That was, that was, and I've, yeah, it, it basically, you're right. Uh, you're right. I feel Every that one there too. I've been to, I've won, but that was the first time I've lost. And I had a, I had a serious lead. I had Jonathan Taylor that year. And it was just an epic comeback. I think it might have been Josh Allen and Diggs on the same team. Ooh, yeah, brutal against New England. Terrible. That's a refreshing. Speaking of refreshing, favorite game day beverage. I'm a beer guy. I like a nice IPA. Nice IPA. All right. Yeah. Boneless or bone-in wings? Bone-in. Bone in. Last two questions here. Kickoff is in two minutes. You're still deciding your flex. Do you go with your gut or your weekly rankings? I think I just go with my – so I usually use my gut for my rankings. So I would go with my – I would go both. The one and the same. Okay. Kind of bring them together there. Feel that. Now, last question. What is your favorite position to draft from in 2022? I'm going to go, you know what? I I think a lot of people answer this question like they need a player in the first round. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to go middle, straight middle of the draft, like 106. um, Let value value fall to me. Take value. Um, I'm really, this this offseason, I've been about not really about reaching for your guy. Just kind of take what the draft gives you. Everything's going to be different. The 106, who knows what it's going to be. I don't know what my 105 is going to be in our draft. So it's not about a specific player. I think it's just you don't need to reach on players. And, yeah, I think we're dead center in the middle. I love that take. Um, and I love all of Whisper Nation now who has jumped into our mock draft Monday. Here we got a 12-team PPR. We're doing a super flex, right, Johnny? Yes. All um, right, then. We got Pizza Belly in the one. Day Kizzles, 166 in the two. Big Travi in the three. Cast Pajamas in the four. Lando there in five. Brocal 38 at six. I'm at the seven. Ronald at the eight FB therapist. Welcome to the show. Football therapist. Love to have you here. Albert M one, two, one, eight, Johnny in the 11 and Jacob Bly, our number one guy rounding it out at 12. Johnny, ready to get this bad boy started. Let's do it. So naughty. All right. Travis has to actually hit it. First of all, I wanted to pause and just give Austin super props for Jacob Bly, our number one guy. Yeah, we've that's always pretty... just called him our number one fan, but now we've we 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 were realizing I... we were pronouncing his name wrong for two years, three years. Now he's our number one guy. I love it, dude. I love no it. No lie, there he is. Bye. <laughs> Let's go. No lie. Let's go. Speaking of not lying, we got Josh Allen off the board, number one overall. Lando, who are you targeting in Superflex? We've seen Jonathan Taylor pretty much unquestioned be that one hundred and one. In a super flex, though, who are you looking at in that first spot? Yeah, I love Josh Allen, the one-on-one in super flex. Uh, I think it makes the most sense. I think he's my far and away number one rated or ranked quarterback this year. But I get it. I I get the love for running back, the thirst for running back. Um, (laughs) I love Pat Mahomes going to Pet Cat's pajamas. So I'm going to go Herb Daddy with the 105 here. Oh, any consideration for another player? Or were you always thinking quarterback? 
you have to in a super flex you really have to take your shot early to i don't know what this draft's going to be like so maybe the run of quarterbacks is going to happen you don't want to miss out on one of the top tier guys or these guys will just take the positions like the derrick henry's of the world the cooper cups and they might dry up so you kind of gauge each draft differently depending on um what what they want to do what their strategy is so for now i'm happy with going with only quarterback and we'll see now if i'm going to go back to back quarterback or if i'm going to wait a, a few rounds you don't want to if in a super flex league you don't want to overdraft quarterback if no one else is then you seem silly mm-hmm. i feel on this one here i love the josh allen one i beat therapist from before josh allen digs won me that championship that Perfect. year Huh. On the other side you? of that one. Football therapist, was that me versus you? Did you just whip my ass and I'll never forget it? <laughs> Johnny, you're drafting. You're on the clock here. What's going through your mind? Uh, I really wish Justin Jefferson was still on the board. Um, mm-hmm. But he's value. not. And so I'm going to go with uh, Dalvin Cook. I think Dalvin Cook has a chance to be the number one running back overall this year, um, especially with how they're going to use him, the system that's coming in. I'm excited for I'm excited for the Minnesota Vikings in general. I really wanted Justin Jefferson though. I was hoping for that, but staying in Minnesota there, you get to get your other guy. I think you're right, Johnny. Minnesota is going to come out swinging. They've got pieces that it almost feels like they need to ride hard with Dalvin Cook being one of them, Justin Jefferson being another. How about on the backside here, Johnny, after Jamar Chase and Kyler Murray were picked up on the turn by Jacob Bly? Originally, I was going to just punt uh quarterback and wait uh for a while uh because there are some late round guys that i actually really like that i think people are significantly undervaluing at the quarterback position that can finish top 10 uh, but, but seeing hurts here uh i am going to take hurts because i really do think hurts can finish number one this year he had a big part of last year where he was the number one quarterback uh and you know getting aj brown could open things up a little bit more so I will go with uh, Jalen Hurts there. I like that a lot. I'm be- I'm a believer in the Jalen Hurts number one overall quarterback this year thinking simply because it's like that point in a lot of young stars careers who are really talented, but the whole team is somewhat developing. And before you see that player start to win a lot, you usually see them flex out from a statistical standpoint. You see it in basketball a lot, like when Michael Jordan was like putting up 35 points per game, but they weren't having a ton of like playoff success. And then you make that slight shift in your game where your stats maybe come down, but you're winning at a more efficient clip. I don't know if the Eagles overall are there. I think they're on their way. But if they are on their way right before they're actually there, you get this Mondo blow up from your Jalen Hurts. This. I really like that thinking. And now I got to make a pick. Yeah. The, another point on Hurts is, is just how good he was before he got injured. So in the first 11 starts prior to the injury, he, you know, he was uh, QB one uh, 10 times and three of those, he was inside the top five. So he's got mm-hmm. the overall QB one in his range of outcomes. You add AJ Brown. I don't see how that doesn't make you better. Um, and I just think that the, you know, they, they can, they were trying to be pass happy at the beginning of last year. And then they couldn't because, you know, maybe the surrounding cast, maybe Hertz hadn't taken the step forward yet as a passer. Um, and now they're in that, uh, that spot to maybe do that. So I'm excited for them to be a lot more pass heavy than they were last year. 
which doesn't mean they're going to be a crazy pass heavy team. I mean, last year they were the most run heavy team. So 16 passing touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. Only yeah. one, only one direction from yeah. that. See, that's why it's like, because you almost expect his rushing touchdowns to come down because he had so many last year and Miles Sanders didn't have any rushing touchdowns. So you would expect that to come back and regress a little bit. However, like you said, I do think he ends up throwing uh, a couple more touchdowns to counterbalance that. Yeah, I, I feel that too. I, I think they're going to be pulling it together. I'm excited about the Eagles. I'm in on this. Travi, you just picked up Travis Kelsey. Long time, number one overall tight. And any hesitation grabbing him here? Were you thinking anybody else? Or were you stoked to grab the tight end in the second round? I wasn't stoked. I kind of missed the avalanche of the first tier break at, at QB. So I wasn't going to go and sacrifice and go scoop a QB just because, you know, like I'm not going to. I'll get QB later is what it's looking like right now. And what I saw there was a clear advantage at tight end. You know, we keep asking who the wide receiver one, you know, is going to be now that Tyreek Hill has gone. Is it going to be McColl? Is it going to be Sky Moore? Is it going to be MVS? Is it going to be Juju? And the answer to me is just Travis Kelsey. The answer is Travis Kelsey all day, every day. And so that's who I want to be. Lando, what about this has been a popular question on the show the last several weeks. I imagine it'll stay that way. Travis set it up there. Well, we've got MVS, we've got Nicole Hardman, Juju, as well as who am I forgetting? Sky Moore. Sky, so Sky which, Moore, yeah. which after yep. Travis Kelsey, don't, don't forget about question. Josh Gordon. Don't forget about Flash. I already he's been, did. He's Mike. been getting he's been getting a lot of steam during the training, you know, the OTAs right now. Everybody gets steamed in. <laughs> it's like it's a sauna. They're all in a sauna, dude. Yeah. Steams everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to know if after Kelsey, it's a two part question. Is there an actual number two option in Kansas City after Kelsey, like we had with Tyreek Hill, or is Tyreek Hill's workload essentially broken down to a carousel of options? I think it will be a carousel. I think the ball's going to be spread about. I, Everyone wants to say Juju Smith-Schuster, and obviously he had a great resume with Big Ben when Antonio was the number one, and maybe that same relationship will be there where Kelsey's going to take the majority of the coverage and it'll be just dump-offs to Juju. But I do think McColl could step up and Sky Moore could uh, really have a decent decent rookie season. Uh, CEH, I mean... People, it's a an apologist if you're if you're trying to project Ceh for another break for a breakout season, but I think I don't think any of the ones really going to be that reliable. And I know there's potential, it just might be hard to project. Mm. Yeah, I feel I don't, on that. I, I don't see one far and away like Juju just hasn't shown it in several years, and he wasn't paid really like he will. Austin, I wonder yeah. if it'll end up, Austin, Lando, everybody, I, I wonder if it'll end up like the New England backfield, you know, where it's like going to mm-hmm. be game plan specific each week, you know, which or the last receiver. guy that's drafted will be the best one. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I, I But I think, you know, I think they'll all have their moments. MVS is going to oh, have yeah, games, you know, Sky Moore is yeah. probably going to have games maybe later in the late half of the, of the year. And I think yeah. Juju is going to be, you know, get soak up targets too. But again, I think it'll be hard week to week to predict outside of Kelsey. Um, but I do think that it's valuable to invest, especially if you can, you know, like we've talked about for a few weeks at value, because if one of them actually does, then, it, you know, there's obviously a great chance at some good points there. Last well, question here. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, well, Kansas- I just think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go along the Kansas City train because I do think that 
there's going to be value had and because of the offense that they're on and the Patrick Mahomes aura around him being the best quarterback in the league, you will be able, if you draft a CEH or a Sky Moore or MVS or Juju and they have some good games, you'll be able to sell them high because people want pieces of that offense. I think that's the key to take Mm -hmm. away from it is that don't draft them to play them all year because I do think they're going to be somewhat inconsistent but draft them to sell them and to trade the high value mm. of them and just capitalize on a big game or two. I, I like that take. Last thing here on the Chiefs, Lando, what do you think about the running back situation? Do you think CEH is a value like we've seen some people spouting up or are you coming at it a different direction? I've, I've, I'm, I'm kind of hands off myself. Mm. I don't think I'm going to be drafting many, but despite me saying, I think too many fantasy People, players have been burnt by that by that running back core. So I don't know if their value will spike if they have some good games. And I don't want to be stuck with CH. I, I know there's some hype around them, but I'm a little bit, I think I'm a little bit out on. Uh, Would have been more in the if they didn't back. sign McKinnon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I'm kind of, yeah. Yeah. That, Travis, that's a real point. We were doing our underdog bet slips and I was picking the over under for Damian Williams at the time on his projected receptions. And I had just forgotten Jarek McKinnon was rocking with the squad because he had been absent for so long. And then he comes in and just balls out. And it's like, he, he doesn't have a ton of tread of the tires. Jarek McKinnon statistically has got some, some skill to him. You know, uh, yeah, they trust him. They, they trust the him in the receiving game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that was where you could kind of get there with CEH. You could say, well, Tyreek Hill's gone. There's vacated targets. Maybe CEH is part of what soaks up those targets because obviously Ronald Jones projects to be more of a, you know, Derek Gore, Daryl Williams type goal line back for them, red zone back for them, just based on what we've seen them do. But you and you could even make the outside case. Well, maybe finally they're going to make him the guy, you know, and they went and signed the guy that last year, as you said, Austin, in the playoffs, when CEH came back from injury, practice and fold the entire week, they were still like, McKinnon, take all the snaps. So you're seeing what they – they trust McKinnon, and, and they put him in those big moments. So, Whisper Nation, let us know what you're thinking about the Kansas City Chiefs playmakers, the running backs. Who is your favorite pass catcher after Kelsey? This is a question we're going to be chomping at all the way up until the NFL season actually starts. Travi, you just grabbed your boy, J.K. Dobbins, here in the fifth round. Walk me through your thinking here. How are you feeling about well, your first I, five minutes? I was trying to get somebody else. That's my thinking. I was trying, <laughs> I was trying to get Cortland Sutton, but I hit the wrong uh. hit the wrong button. But that's all right. Well, uh, you know, it wouldn't be a mock draft in June unless I, I screwed up a little bit. Um, I can make I can try and make a case for Dobbins as my third running back here. Um, he can catch the ball. I don't know if he will because Lamar Jackson hasn't consistently thrown it to his backs. But there, like Dobbins is a very, very talented prospect coming out. He showed in his rookie season towards the end of the year. I think he was averaging like five or six yards per carry down the stretch. So he showed he popped pretty well in his rookie year. Obviously lost the entire year last year uh, to the uh, the ACL injury. So. For me, I I love Dobbins. I think he's in a good offense. I think, you know, when we look at our running backs that survive the dead zone that aren't pass catchers, 
We want them to be guys, if they're not going to be pass catchers, we want them on a good offense. If they're not going to mm. be those two things, we also want them to be on a team that's going to run a ton. And that is what Baltimore is set up to do. So maybe it's so much that he's going to be almost like a rich man's Damian Harris on a much better run offense with much less competition around him. No offense to Gus Edwards. I think he's fine, but he's, you know, he's also different role. Yeah, different role. So I think Dobbins has a chance to really escape the dead zone in that in that case. I did not mean to draft him, though. I would have taken. So we're right here in the dead zone. So let's talk a little bit about this one. Johnny, you're on the clock and you'll be up again very soon drafting close to the turn. So maybe get Lando's take on the dreaded dead zone, how you see running backs in this field. Does it concern you at all? Or is this kind of a mirage that the fantasy industry throws out there that doesn't hold a lot of weight with you? Yeah, it's it's buzzwords. I don't think mm. there's really a, a dead zone. I like even Travis Etienne, he he checks the boxes that Travis was saying. He'll catch the ball. He's mm-hmm. got the potential, even on a bad offense, to be that. DeAndre Swift, Christian McCaffrey archetype to really just get like really pile up those PPR points. Um, and if you're going to be in this dead zone, you at least you might as well draft youth. And that's that's another yep. stipulation for me. So love the Brees Hall pick. Gibson is interesting. Acres, I like Acres. I don't know. I have a soft spot for Acres. Mm. I'm still super young. Um, I think this is a fine zone. All these all these running backs have enough upside to pay off their draft capital versus like even like a Joe Mixon that I took. And then Austin Eckler, it's getting older. Derrick Henry getting older. These guys could overtake them if things land their way. They're young enough. They're fast enough. They've got enough tread left on the tires that they could be good fantasy and week in and week out starters. I don't think it's a dead zone unless you get old. That's what I, I think. You're, yeah, I think you're seeing an evolution. We were talking to Dave Kluge, who talked about how we've seen an infusion of running back talent the last several years, which has allowed now for more running back talent to be available. Totally. Um, and it's also the role has shifted a little bit. Johnny, you took Damian Harris there. What are you thinking just as we round out this? Um, what, were zone thinking? what were you thinking? <laughs> well, I, I think that Damian Harris continues to be a value, especially with what he did last year. Um, I understand it's not quite the same person calling the offensive plays there, but Damian Harris is a very good running back. And as my second, uh, I know he doesn't really take a ton of uh, receptions out of the backfield. So in in PPR, you might not necessarily think, hey, I'm going to go and and grab him. But because of the touchdown upside opportunity, uh, I I do think that he is a guy. I might have reached for him a little bit. I was eyeing another wide receiver there, but I just didn't. I didn't want to get who was it. Tell me, <laughs> tell me he's going to be gone. No, say it. Not, say he it probably will be gone. But I I, I'm say, not, speaking of uh, you're going to know because I'm going to say, gone. damn it. As soon as he comes off, you know, we introduced Lando as a friend of the show. He's not a friend of me right now because I thought <laughs> I could get Cortland Sutton after accidentally taking Dobbins and I saw Landon take him and then laugh. <laughs> like a schoolgirl in my face. Uh, yeah. I had to. Okay. I yeah, had to do that. Just honestly, oh, I'm so glad you did. It was, yeah, it was great. And the June, the June mocks when you just curse and swear and get mad. That's the best part of it. I love that so much. And it's like, fuck, I wanted that guy. Yeah, I did. Um, perfect, perfect. It has uh, never yeah. lost on me how incredible the game of fantasy football is when we have these genuine emotional outbursts about a mock draft for a fake game based on another game we're doing four totally. plus months ahead of when the actual thing starts. And the feelings and screams are real, man. Like, mm-hmm. we don't fake anything on this show. 
Speaking yeah. of not faking it, Johnny's not faking that beard. Getting a lot of shout outs on this one, Johnny. What up, do it? I know. Hey, that's the dad life doesn't allow you much time to do things for yourself. So, uh, yeah, run a little scruffy right now, but uh, hopefully I'll be able to get in soon and clean up this jawline for you guys. Low, low key shot at me because I don't have any kids and I'm still I look more scraggly <laughs> than Johnny every that time. That was not a low key oh, shot at you are, all, dude. dude. If I would have wanted got, a these shot, guys on the other these guys on the other side here. of the draft, you know, Landon stealing my guys. Johnny's taking well, shots. Well this is a I'll be honest this that was I really wanted Miles Sanders instead of Damian Harris. Like That's I who you as should far have as taken. Me, Right, but no, I can't because I've got Hertz, I've got AJ Brown. I don't want to be completely tied to the Eagles just in case the shit sinks and then I'm screwed for this whole mock draft here. That doesn't even count, but in my mind, it could. So no, no, Johnny. I I say like especially especially. Oh, it was me. I got him. Marquise Brown was. I was like looking at Marquise Brown and Miles Sanders were the two guys that I really wanted, but I was like, I can't go with Miles Sanders because I've already got enough Eagles. And I was like, Marquise Brown, should I go there or can he wait to the next round? Damn. I just feel so much better about myself as a person. I just feel good. uh, Johnny, I like the if you're if you're gonna be right, you might as well be right big and take all the Eagles you want. Because like if you're wrong, then I mean you're just gonna be. Like, whatever, you're going to lose anyways. Honestly, so, I love this take, Lando. And Hayden yes. was talking about this as far as like, oh, all these people that diversify their underdog portfolios and all this stuff. He's like, no, go compete. You know, say it with yeah. your chest. Walk out there and beat him, dude. Like, let's go. That, that's really I'm, what I mean. Yeah. Go ahead. I love that energy with it. And it reminds me of this guy, Kyle, who is our cashier at Buffalo Wild Wings for Chelsea and I picking up a to-go order like literally seven, eight years ago when we were still living in Flagstaff, Arizona. We pull up to pick up the order and they would do receipts and like every however many receipts, you'd get a free order of wings. And he'd be like, you guys want to tell you something wild? And we're like, yep. He's like, you're going to get free wings on this receipt. And we're like, really? And it's going, and it was bam, free receipts. He goes, yep, here you go. And we were like, what? How'd you know? And he's like, I had no clue at all. There was no way of me knowing whatsoever. And in that moment, it sunk it in. Like, if you're going to make a call, make it hard. Because if you are right, you get seen as a, as a psychic. And if you're wrong, no one cares anyways. But if you right. half-assed your conviction and you're right, then you don't get the same points for actually being right. So go and- hard at your takes. Yes. In a, in a 12 team league, Johnny, I'm probably the same as you. I wouldn't draft a bunch of Eagles, but I agree with yeah. the best ball stuff. Like you also, yeah. you might as well um, really go hard in the paint and yeah, get all the same players. Cause yeah, it's millions of dollars you could win. Might as well. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. In best ball, it would have been in best ball. Yeah. You best bet. I would have went with Miles Sanders in that pick. Stack them sure. all up. Yeah. Stack them yeah. all up. Mm-hmm. Um, then- I have a question for you guys. Um, what how many rookie drafts or how many sorry rookies are you comfortable on your team in like a real draft are you willing to take a bunch if if, if you really love burks in london like rjcii did just now or do you want to like you're okay with like one or two or one maybe i think in ron's case it it kind of checks out because those are the two you'd probably want you know like those yeah. are the two probably uh grandfathered into the most volume right now projected volume so in that case yeah like i think two is probably the max i'd really want um 
But because you're gonna, depends. they're sitting on your there's, bench there's for some, a while. Yeah, there's I'm some not... running backs I want. Like Brees Hall is a good. Like we talk about dead zone beater. I think Kenneth Walker, if you know, he's he's kind of been a value too. Um, but yeah, I, I think as far as the wide receivers, I'd be comfortable with like two if I've already got wide receivers. I wouldn't want like in Ron's case, he's relying on them to to be good right away, and we've seen that rookie wall before. So, man, oh man, Do yeah, I'm not. Keep I probably max one. I mean, I'm more yeah. I'm more comfortable drafting a rookie running back than I am a rookie wide receiver. And that's just because I, you know, rookie wide receivers don't pan out very often. I know we've had back to back years where we had Justin Jefferson and and um obviously Chase, but Justin Jefferson was on the waiver wire week one. And I know and I know like Elijah Mitchell, fan of his. Uh, but again, those are waiver wire guys. And so when you're talking about uh, I like how you brought up like um, you know, the value of the names, you're not going to get much value for a rookie wide receiver, even if they're popping off. Like, mm-hmm. you, so for me, I would rather take um, a, a different wide receiver that I feel more confident in, in the draft and, or that has, in my opinion, higher upside, for example, like a, a Monroe St. Brown or a Darnell Mooney. Like, I just think the upside of those guys is greater. And then if I'm wrong, then I, and I, I know Trey Burks or London are popping off. I'm just going to go try to trade for them because you can generally get rookies cheaper for trade because people are kind of like selling high on them or, or like they're more willing to give up a rookie quicker because they really don't know. They think they found, you know, something and got lucky. So they're like, Oh, let's capitalize on it. So that's just where I stand when I draft. I think those are good takes. And I want to touch a little bit more on these rookies within redrafts, but right now we got to hit you with the mock draft marathon hype video, getting ready for our fourth annual mock draft marathon, 24 hours of straight mock drafting. We're doing it later in July. Check it out. Marathon. What is this? It's consecutive mock drafts for a total of 24 hours. Requires hours and even years of preparation. Which is a little bit controversial, but... Are you shitting me, Johnny? I didn't plan that, I swear. I can pretty much say 100%. Something that you really love to do. Let the games begin. Somebody came in and stole Johnny, and they're hijacking his draft. Oh, he's going to blame it on his 78-year-old neighbor. Damn it, you guys stuck in a super flex? I knew it. Ball is going to taste different than this meatball. That's not that bad from a flex. Outliers decide fantasy Stand out above the crowd. About the same set of 200 players, and it never gets old. Man, that video isn't getting old for me, Johnny. Well done again on that one. And Whisper Nation, if you are interested in catching all that action coming on later, we're going to be hyping it up. But the easiest way to stay notified is, of course, to hit that subscribe button. Join a community where you know you belong, and while you're at it, if you can tag this video with a little thumbs up, we would sincerely appreciate it. Lando, you've been on our mock draft marathons in years past, right? Yep, 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 I have. Yeah. Great time. Yeah, we- Highly recommend. That got me jacked up. You guys, I love that hype video. Um, you guys do a great job with it. Get some great guests. Uh, big fan of the show. Always fun jumping in late in a mock draft. Um very entertaining watching how tired and exhausted y'all are. Um, <laughs> it's it's the best. That's what Dude, we do it for. Life. Just look like complete degenerates, you know, at the Correct. end for everybody else to be like. I mean, it's honestly, it, it actually is as, as crazy as it sounds, like especially in the last five hours. I'm, I'm sure Austin and Johnny could jump in and attest to this. But when, when the guests start asking us, like, 
how you guys doing? You guys doing okay? And they're genuinely like, they care, you know? Yeah. We get yeah. good guests on and they, they're like concerned. And we're like, I just feel loved in that moment and mm. seen. And I, just, <laughs> I think it's so beautiful and I think it gives me a lot of energy. So I'm excited. It's, it's super fun. And, you know, over at the Fantasy Whispers here, we want to bring on as many different great minds and as many different perspectives on how to play this game that we all love so much love talking about so much and taken to the next level. This is an evolving game with evolving communities and getting to bring in so many talented analysts, professionals, entertainers to make this event what it is. It's just one of my favorite things that we do every single year. So we're going to be excited to be with you again, Whisper Nation. Join us coming up in July. I want to take it back, though, to the conversation. I thought it was a really good one, Lando, that you set up on drafting rookies in redraft and i want to tie it to johnny's points there where he you know mentioned just a couple of rookies that he'd feel comfortable taking and per leans towards the running backs but i guess i'll kick this one over to johnny first you know we have seen a trend in the nfl of rookie wide receivers being able to perform day one maybe not day one but you know within that rookie season i think it was mike evans was the sixth rookie wide receiver to have a thousand yards not a lot right but there's been a lot or at least there's I think there's been at least one or someone who's gotten really close to it every year. A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Jamar Chase, of course, Odell Beckham are some names that come to mind. I wanted to know how you think that evolution factors in as well. I mean, it's after I mean, for sure, like they're they're way more prepared to come in and step in from day one than they've ever have been. Um, but. Again, uh, some of that had to do with situation. Now, I will say that as far as uh, Burks goes, I think he, I think he has the greatest situation as far as stepping into what could be a thousand yard season. Um, and then if Zach Wilson takes a step forward, I do think you've got um, will, Garrett Wilson that who could also push for that. I'm not a big London fan. I think a lot of people are going to be burned on him. I, I, you know, I, I just don't see him being, especially with Mariota as a quarterback, we have to look at history and show and history shows like Mariota does not throw to the wide receiver. He Mm. never has. He probably never will because he's probably going to be out of the NFL after this year. Um, Mm. But what he does do is throw to the tight end. Uh, And so that's why I'm so confident in Pitts uh, for Atlanta but again, you know, if I if I were to bet on a rookie wide receiver, it probably would be Burks just because of the situation. But again, you're having to draft him so high that it almost like he has to hit at that, right? Like look at the other mm-hmm. wide receivers that are going in that same cluster. Amon Ross St. Brown, who was, you know, what like Austin said, he was a rookie last year and he he came uh and and hit it big. And so at the end. Right? Yeah, at the end. And so like that's the thing is like Will it happen this year? Most likely there will be a wide receiver, a rookie wide receiver that hits a thousand. What are the odds that you are able to guess that right in a draft and pay the right amount of ADP for that? That's where I get skeptical. So I would Mm. rather just not deal with that and then let somebody else take the gamble and then go in afterwards once the death settles and say, okay, this guy's a good receiver. This guy's a good, okay, I'm going to go and actually try to trade. And then chances are you can use at least minimum what you used in that round for ADP wise to get that player. So that's just where I like to play. That's my comfortability with it. 
Um, but again, if people are very confident in London or Burks and want to draft up, there is a chance for sure that that wide receiver could be that breakout wide receiver because we have seen it a lot more. You're bringing a light, some thoughts for me here. You know, the football therapist comes in and says London is a much better dynasty option to me than redraft. And this is still within that same thinking. I think there's a lot of second half of their rookie season receivers that are going to perform really well. There's is a learning curve in anything you do in life, right? While that learning curve has shortened for rookie wide receivers, it still exists. And as you talked about, Johnny, Justin Jefferson was on the waiver wire. Amon Ross St. Brown, while he finished as a wide receiver too, was not a wide receiver too through the first half of the season. He just went off at the second half. So guys like, I mean, a Christian Watson, an Alave, um, a Drake London, a lot of these high ceiling type players, a Traylon Burks. I'm not surprised at all if these guys have a little bit slower of a start, but still end up being a high ceiling wide receiver too three by the time the whole season's done but that means spare yourself the headache right like don't draft them in don't draft them wait till someone either drops them and you pick them up after they burn yeah. that dead air yeah. or pick them up pick them up you know the week before they start really consistently performing on that's the huge. waiver that's great if yeah, for, for for me guys it's all about roster construction how you build mm. your team mm. and if like the thing is with with rj here he has he he is forced to start Burks and London right away, or he needs to draft right. really good late and have guys that he can start right away. It's almost you have to treat it like an injury. Like you know, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be out the first six games, so you need to draft behind him guys that you know will start. The Russell Gage is a great example for 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 Bly there to have guys to cover for Hopkins missing games. Um, so for me, yeah, it's absolutely all about roster construction. I like in the back half of my drafts to take flyers, take guys with massive upsides, but only if I have good starters that I can start the season with. Um, mm -hmm. If you're forced to start even Brees Hall right away, it's not going to feel super, super great until it, it does. And then when it does, heck yeah, you won and you won a championship or you they got they helped you get to the playoffs, but it's roster con construction for me. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of roster that's, construction, that's I hope that the Lions constructed themselves with a Debo Samuel here, like Jersey Jay is saying. You know, I just Shit. love Amon Ross St. Brown for my dynasty league, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hype up any that's positive Amon Ross St. Brown comments. You should love him; he's I, great. I think, but I think yeah. St. Brown is fantastic, and I think you know, I think what people are afraid of is that a, a lot of his you know points came obviously when Swift and, and Hawkinson were out of the lineup. But as Dwayne McFarlane was kind of telling us a couple weeks ago, Austin, like he was good enough to get the targets in the first place. And we need to remember yeah. that. And remember, mm -hmm. even before all those injuries, Goff was calling ARSB cup light like he is. He reminded him of Cooper Cup. So I'm, I'm we, we know how good of a connection that was. I think I want to bring in Dwayne McFarland's comments on this Whisper Nation. If you haven't had a chance to check out our Thursday football show we did with Dwayne McFarland a couple weeks ago, man, do yourselves a favor and check it out because this dude is an encyclopedia of fantasy football knowledge and his takes on he had an excellent breakdown on predicting wide receiver breakouts by analyzing previous year two, three, four, five, and six wide receivers who had not 
jumped into the wide receiver one or two category, but had been wide receiver threes or fours or fives the years leading up to the current year and gave a really good set of insights on who you could expect or have a good bet on to make a significant jump coming into this next year. And the one of the coolest takeaways was, yeah, even up till year six, like your Devontae Parkers, for instance, you can get these guys who do end up breaking out somewhat later in their careers and still end up managing a wide receiver two or better finish. Speaking of finishes, I got to take my last pick here. Who are you eyeing? I'm looking at, um, oh, not anymore. Chase Claypool is what I was hoping for. I was hoping it was going to be Chase Claypool. I thought, I think Chase has a chance to jump Deontay. And he is prototypically, he is, He's just got a fantastic build. He's got a prototypical wide receiver silhouette and skill set. And Deontay Johnson, I think, could have benefited from the way uh, Ronald or uh, Ben Roethlisberger's arm allowed. So now I got to – well, shit. Now I'm just talking about it instead of doing anything. <laughs> Interesting. I don't I don't think uh, he's going to jump, but I do think that he'll be good. No. I, I do think that Mitch could – uh, he can push the ball down the field on like big Ben. So, um, well, correction, Ben could push the ball down the field. He just wasn't accurate. <laughs> Good point. Touche. He was like, I think he was still top five in pass attempts over 20 plus yards, but they just were not very, they were not on the same page and that. I think oh my God. I just can't help but think okay, about it. Just real quick, real talk. Do I go, do I go Marcus Mariota here for the double dip with Pitts and I at least get my starter for a few weeks or do I go Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, and he's either going to be starting for San Francisco or get traded. I got five seconds he on. He won't clock. be starting for San Francisco. Okay, I'm going to go. Gonna go. go to Sean. Go to Sean. No, he's going to be, he, <laughs> he's going to be out. He's going to be out for the whole year. It's yeah. crazy that he's not getting drafted anymore in a, NFL month. wants a serious suspension. What was what was the word? Was, no, uh, significant. Yeah, significant. Significant. You know, they thought a while about the word they were going to choose. They hadn't said oh, anything yeah. on that matter, and then they came out with the word significant. Mm-hmm. So that to me says quite a bit, as does this completed mock draft, boys. Ooh. Way to fucking go. I'm stoked on this <laughs> one here. This is looking good. Um, so Whisper Nation, well done. Everybody here in the chat and up here in Sleeper with us. We are going to now get to our notorious draft grades. But before we break down Whisper Nations, the panel is going to give a quick rundown of our own situations. And we'll go ahead and just run it top to bottom there. Big Travi there at the top. Then Johnny, I'll go third with our guest Lando rounding it out before we get to the rest of you's Whisper Nation's mock drafts. Travi, you took Christian McCaffrey there at the 1-3. Tell us what tell us what the whole thing happened here. Yeah, so I actually picked the three earlier today because I was like, well, maybe I can still get Josh Allen here. Well, I couldn't. Um, so I ended up taking a running back who I think actually has his chance in. So PPR you should have taken number one is what you, it's what you're saying. Maybe. Uh, but I took Christian McCaffrey who has the chance to put up PPR points equivalent to a quarterback in your lineup. So as long as he's healthy, I don't think that there's any, you know, uh, 
denying that he's got the ceiling uh, that he does. So I went with him, obviously DeAndre Swift and J.K. Dobbins. I, I'm really confident in this running back room, especially with Dobbins as like a flex player if I need him to be or just like a fill-in guy. You know, if I'm rocking Swift and McCaffrey for most of the year in a PPR, mm. I'm feeling really good about That's that. That's sexy. Yeah, so then Kelsey was just kind of the consolation prize. Again, I said the tear break happened at QB, so went with Kelsey. I have that advantage. I think – Kelsey Pitts and Andrews that's kind of your tier of guys that actually have the chance to give you the you know kind of advantage this year and I wanted to make sure I got one of them if I wasn't going to get the top tier quarterbacks uh then wide receiver I kind of had to wait on in a PPR but I feel really good about how it worked out I got T Higgins in the fourth Mike Williams in the seventh Renfro in the eighth and then Lazard in the tenth who fell you know pretty pretty hard in this draft and that's fine I'll I, I'll take him there I haven't been big on the Lazard train but I'll take him there um, I just love T-, T Higgins upside, Mike Williams upside. Both of those guys kind of, you know, have a chance every week to be the sleeper guy that outproduces the other number one on their team. So I, I really like both of those guys. Hunter Renfro, you know, yeah, we can talk about the same thing with Renfro kind of with Amon Ross St. Brown. You know, he demanded targets when guys were out of the lineup, but you have to be good to demand targets. And I think, you know, should Waller or Adams miss time, we've already seen what Renfro will do. He'll explode. And I just think he's a value to have as a wide receiver three with huge upside too. QB was obviously the thing that hurt me the most. I had to wait on the most, but Fields averaged about 450 rushing yards down the stretch last year in the last five games. And any QB that can do that has QB one overall, or at least top five upside in their range of outcomes. So I'm in on that. And then I just did a tandem of Goff and Trubisky. Trubisky uh, lighten up camp right now. And, you know, a lot of beat writers think that he'll, he'll keep the job like they're in no mm. rush to start picket. So I thought, mm. I thought the opposite just as, as, as early as two weeks ago. Uh, but Trubisky can run as Johnny was saying earlier, and he has the most weapons he's ever had um, as a starting quarterback. So I'm really in on that. And then I, I just want to say one last thing on Khalil Herbert. Like I got him in the last round. Like there are a few running backs we know are one for ones for their, for their guy that they mm. you know as a handcuff. And we know Herbert is that like we saw it last year. So I, I really mm. think Herbert is, you know, like your poor man's Alexander Madison. Right? Mm. And Monty has never stayed healthy a full season. So right. that is something to note. I, I like this team, Travis. Yeah, I can't believe how good your team would be with Cortland Sutton on it, though. Holy oh, my God. God. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Travis Peoples. Uh, nice. Love it, dude. dude. Nice. Have you ever got eyes on Travi? And I got eyes on Travi? Yeah. Uh, dead my, man it's my whole heart dude you just wreathed my soul <laughs> you got you sniped a couple of guys from me travi uh i think you did a good i, I like the lazard pickup i think that's going to be a sneaky one i think his adp is going to climb up and uh watch the haters melt johnny how about you want to give us a run here from the 11 spot sure uh i took uh dalvin cook with my first pick fell all the way to 11 then jalen hurts in the second as my quarterback kyle pitts in the third uh and then i got Amon Raw, or sorry, sorry, AJ Brown. Sorry, I got Amon Raw a little bit later. Uh, then I got DJ Moore, who I think is bound for a big season, especially against Baker. And then da- uh, Damian Harris as my second running back in the sixth round there. And then uh, aforementioned Amon Raw St. Brown in the seventh. Uh, Darnell Mooney in the eighth, who is getting a lot of steam right now in training camp with Fields. Uh, then I took Tony Pollard and uh, Alexander Madison as a couple of handcuffs with upside. 
Then Kenny G was somehow, some way still here in the 11th. So got to grab yeah, him. Nice. Big, big upside for me this year. I think he's going to have a big bounce back. And then Naheem Hines, who I am buying the sauce for Naheem Hines. Career high usage coming it's, Hines' it's way. Coming. It's coming. I mean, we got to. The, the big thing I want to point out here is we talked about the fantasy glitch earlier in this stream. Well, guess who they have in common? Well, the quarterback, Matt Ryan. What is he going to mm. do? He is going to be putting Hines in that slot and using him as a wide receiver early and often. So I am totally buying what they're saying about Naheem Hines. So I want him on a lot of drafts. Uh, and then Marcus Mariota to close it out uh, to get that double dip and the second quarterback because – all of the other guys that I was looking at as quarterbacks uh, did not get to me. So uh, overall, I actually do like this draft, though. Um, I really um, like the Kenny Galladay pick as Steph Smalls, who joined the show a few weeks ago. Huge Giants fan. Great fantasy football takes. You know, the Giants, as bad as they've been, they're still going to be playing football and the ball's got to go somewhere. And if Galladay is healthy, this guy has shown that he can get it done. That was another guy we talked about, as we just mentioned, with the potential breakout wide receivers. Kenny Galladay was on that list for year six players. He's got a lot of the metrics lining up where Galladay could come in and make something happen. Whisper Nation, we always judge your rankings. Now's the time to judge our rankings. Here are our teams, excuse me. Let us know in the chat how you think Johnny's team did. We saw some folks coming in here giving Travis a grade. Jersey J gives you a B+. plus. He likes your wideouts and running backs make up for it. Good trade capital. So that's what Jersey Jay says about Travi. Let us know what you think about Johnny's team because we're going to be giving you guys our rankings of either championship contender, in the playoffs, on the bubble, or outside looking in. Those are the four groups of categories that we're going to be evaluating your team. Let us know how we did on this one. I'll move over now to my squad. I drafted in the middle of the seven spot. I went ahead and took Cooper Cup number one for my team. Oh, John, you want to go ahead and highlight Travis? Travis, you want to highlight it? Yeah. I am drafting there in the seven spot with Cooper Cup. I was stoked. I love experimenting in our mock drafts. And in a real draft, maybe I would be taking a quarterback here. Um, but after Lamar Jackson was gone, I wasn't feeling the remaining quarterbacks at the same level. And I think Cooper Cup is primed to do exactly what he did last year. Maybe even more. I'm a little against the grain. I don't think we see any regression for Cooper Cup. I just don't know why we would. They have another year of rapport between Cup and Stafford. He's not at an age where we're concerned about wear and tear. It's not like defenses are getting caught off guard. They knew the Cooper Cup-Matt Stafford connection. They tried to stop it, and Cup caught a touchdown and won a Super Bowl. So, like, it's not – I'm not concerned about that stopping. I am encouraged by another year of rapport and even more offensive weapons for the Rams. I – Fucking love cup coming into 2022 rest of my wide receivers. I was, I, I feel like I got three elites here. I got Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel and Cooper cup at my wide receiver positions uh, just for the starters. And then Derek Henry say what you will. Maybe he gets hurt. Maybe he doesn't, but I think they're priming the AFC number one seed. I think is coming into 2022 riding Derek Henry. He looks healthy. He's catching passes, running up Hills. Maybe his efficiency goes out the roof. Maybe his whole body breaks down. We'll have to wait and see. But right now, I love this pickup. I think he's like guaranteed workhorse. Sign me up. Brees Hall is my number two. I think his skill set is just, it is very Jonathan Taylor-esque. 
I think that the Jets, while we don't yet know, have a lot of indicators of an improved, high-flying offensive team. And I think Brees Hall just has all of the skill sets to be a successful fantasy quarterback as well as an overall NFL quarterback. And then got his handcuff, who's also kind of a viable option, I think, in PPR there with Michael Carter. And then as my third like wide receiver, or excuse me, running back who I could just play, Tyler Algier. Not, a, not hugely in love, but I am very intrigued. Um, you know, as a second round rookie draft type of guy in your dynasty startups, I like Algier. I think he's going to have a lot of opportunity. I don't think the other running backs over there in Atlanta are really going to stand up to him. And anyways, I got him in the 12th round. So I could be getting a starting running back there um, with some upside. I like him as the backup piece. Backup pieces for my three elite wide receivers, I'll call them, is Marquise Brown and Gabe Davis kept the high ceiling going. I think they're on the field a lot. I like these guys. I did have to take a step back from quarterback, obviously, going with so many other positional players. I took Tua, who I think does have a nice high ceiling as well. I love the weapons that are surrounding him. I'm buying into the camp reports. Yeah, he could bust. He could fall down. That hip could become an issue, whatever. But I think he's also got the makings to be like a mid-range QB1, given the weapons, given the new system. I just think it's a fresh day in Miami, and I'm intrigued. Next quarterback, Carson Wentz. Kind of a like, – if you remember last year in Indianapolis, he did have some really nice stretches. Um, I think there's some decent weapons in Washington. I don't think he's a threat of being replaced by anybody else. So I think Wentz is an okay quarterback too and then I just went with the possible upside of a Zach Wilson um I like the Davis Mills pick Travi I was thinking about Mills or Wilson it's a June mock draft I said just give me the upside of the former top three overall pick in Zach Wilson and then my tight end there was Hunter Henry that calls it a day nice nice I I like your running backs and wide receivers a whole lot more than mine I would say well I like my running backs maybe more, but what my point is, is that I waited on quarterback as well. And I wanted to see how your team sh- sh- shook out. And I actually have a little bit more confidence in your quarterbacks than mine. So I think you did well in, in waiting on QB and still building a, uh, a QB room that you could probably mix and match on your way, you know, cause you're going to dominate the running back and wide receiver positions or, or at least be up in the, in the top of the league in those. So I really like the team. I think the build was, was well done. It's interesting super flex because if you miss the QB avalanche, you could really, really be screwed. But I think, you know, it just depends on what you can put together at running back and wide receiver, in in my opinion, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Certainly see. Lando, you want to round us out here on the panel breakdowns? Yeah, sounds good. My uh, my two QBs are going to be Justin Herbert and Ryan Tannehill. I like that duo at the quarterback position go over my running backs i got joe mixon cam makers miles sanders and rookie james cook um i like james cook and his upside uh pass catcher on a good offense i think he could he could be viable i don't have a ton of confidence in singletary as far as my wide receivers go um i mean we know we all love Cortland sutton we know that Jared Travis. <laughs> so um, the ending of trade, I heard. And then I think I like the stack with Keenan Allen. Juju Smith Schuster is fine. And then I took the high upside rookies late with Sky Moore and, and Christian Watson. Um overall, I mean Mark Andrews again, you got that elite either one A, one B tight end in the league, it's hard to say. Uh, and the upside of Alberto late. I'm I was going to ask you guys later. I overall like my team. Um it's nothing fancy. Took the took the value where I where it came i think i have a lot of production early um yeah i i I didn't take a third quarterback and i was wondering what you guys thoughts on it because like in a mock draft i don't really care of drafting a backup Mm -hmm. one that's going to sit on my bench no matter what so 
typically I'd rather use that on a position player just to make my team look better. Where like really three quarterbacks, I don't know what's the point. Does it matter? What are, what are your thoughts on drafting three quarterbacks? Sometimes I do it because you would do it in a regular draft, but in a mock draft, is it different? I guess that's my question for y'all. It would probably be different, I would imagine. But I also like what you did here. If Tannehill's your second quarterback, like, yeah, they drafted Malik Willis. They drafted him super late. I don't think Malik Willis is seeing the field without a Tannehill injury this year, right? So right. if you're going to draft a guy in Tannehill, right, as your second quarterback, then you probably don't need to go three QB build because Tannehill's outs to being off the field are literally injury only. So that's right. kind of – I don't mind that build in that in that sense. And then, like you said, with a mock, you're, best, you're definitely more inclined to, you know, draft starters. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, so I'm with that. I think also I, I go I, – I'll take a third quarterback that's got some upside on it. Like a Tannehill is a nice, steady, solid option. If you had any room to to bring in like uh like a Justin Fields, if that was still available, something on that line. Like I guess he was taking way way earlier than that, but like yeah, I, I think, think that's fine. Mitch, I think Mitch is a good example of an upside because we've seen Mitch drop sure. fifty fantasy points a week. Yeah, uh, because of the rushing, and now That's he true. goes on to an offense. So, I yeah, to That's back, a great example. piggyback, but then yeah. So I, that's kind of how I'd go about it. So you got a really solid floor. You got good ceiling and floor in Herbert. And maybe there's a little room to bring in some potential ceiling at the quarterback space because Tannehill's got you covered there in the floor. That's how I yeah, would. I mean, that and one. I could I could add like I know there's not a ton of quarterbacks on the waiver wire in Superflex, but not every quarterback got drafted. I could right. I could. Yeah, you can roll roll out there Drew Locke with confidence, Lando. Yeah. My one one bye week to cover a a flex spot. (laughs) Or I could flex. I could flex flex Juju or Sky Moore or one of those guys. Yeah, for sure. Big Big Travi and I had a league. Yeah, Big Travi and I had way worse uh, starting options last yeah, year. Yeah, in, in, in the in listener league, team. it's a 14 yeah. team super flex. Yeah, I believe yeah. we started like Davis Mills and. and Although uh, Davis Mills Geno is not Smith. a bad third option. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, it's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Did you do get sure to the Marcus, point where you end up. Are we sure Marcus what? Is going to outscore like uh, Sky Moore. Are we sure that he's going to outscore? That's exactly know. what I was just about to say. Like, I, in our, in the 14 team Whisper Listener League, I had Big Ben as my second quarterback after Tom Brady. And I would so usually start Deontay Johnson over, right, over Big Ben in that spot. Yeah. And like, you know, so that's yeah. the thing is like, so most of the case, like even Justin Fields, Justin Fields on, a few occasions last year got negative fantasy points. So yeah. like, I know the whole thing is like, Oh, always start two quarterbacks, even a super flex. It's not always the case, right? That's a very, very good point. Good thing to note as well yeah, as some of the other points. Know, like, are you going to know when Justin Fields is getting negative points? No, no I don't. Exactly. I don't think so, Justin Fields is getting any gonna, negative points. I no. knew which games that I was benching Ben Roethlisberger in, and I was more right than not. Like, ben, you can, you Ben's can, a little different. Like the statue yeah. older, like declining QBs for sure. But yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, like yeah, yeah. case by case basis for sure. Yeah, yeah. Case by case player as is. Well, let's take a case by case look at the rest of Whisper Nation's squads here. Pizza Belly in the one one goes with the back to back number one overall quarterback and Josh Allen. He gets his second quarterback in the Superflex League with Derek Carr and has some depth with Daniel Jones. Don't hate this to start. Stefan Diggs is his first wide receiver off the board in the third round. He pairs him with Jerry Judy. 
Tyler Lockett and Jamison Williams, who should be good once healthy. We think we're excited to find out. His first running back off the board is James Conner, selected in the fourth round. David Montgomery, round after in five. And Kareem Hunt, round nine, with James Robinson, hopefully coming back sooner than later in the 12th round. TJ Hawkinson is his tight end, and he gets some depth piece there with Dawson Knox. So pretty well-rounded. He's not missing any players. He's got depth at each position. Lando, I'll start with you here. How are you kind of looking at the squad? Is it a playoff? Is it a championship contender in the playoffs on the bubble or outside looking in? Contender, I think. Really no. good, really solid team. I, I I like it. I'm a fan of Hawkinson too, but with those two quarterbacks, um, you got the nice stack and the the wide receivers are actually pretty solid. It's very contending team, I think. Yeah, nice. I think so. Yep. Moving on then to the number two squad here. Oh, yeah, you got some good comments here coming from Pizza Billy in the draft. Amazing value, A, for Pizza 2. Oh, nice. Day Kizzle, 166, takes Jonathan Taylor in the number two spot. And then Kenneth Walker as his second running back down there in round seven. Devin Singletary in 11 with Evans, Chris Evans, backup running back for the Bengals in the last round, round 13. Takes Aaron Rodgers as his first quarterback in round two. And... Matt Ryan in the fourth with Mac Jones there in the fifth. Devontae Adams is his first wide receiver off the board in round three. Allen Robinson to pair in round six. Devonta Smith round nine with Chase Claypool round 12. He gets two tight ends, Dallas Godard in round eight with Mike Yusecki there in round number 10. Johnny, are you just not as excited about this squad as I am? How are you feeling? I think it's a playoff team. I don't know if it's a contender as it sits right now, uh, just because it's a little thin on both the depth at the running back position and thin at the wide receiver depth position. Like, I love Devontae Adams. I love Allen Robinson. I think that those two are locked and loaded as as starters. Um, but then, you know, what is with Smith, what's Smith's likelihood to be a weekly starter with AJ, um, AJ Brown there? Like, that's the Brian Claypool. Yeah, I guess if Claypool does end up being that go-to guy for Trubisky, then you have that. But I don't see that. Uh, but And then you look at the running back position a little bit thin again. You got Jonathan Taylor, Kenneth Walker. Is he even going to be the starter week one? Or is that, you know, is it? Around so six. Uh, yeah. Um, and then or, Singletary. Week six. Uh, so yeah, I'm just, I like the tight ends. I thought the tight ends were good. I think his running or his, uh, quarterbacks are really good and he's got some really solid, you know, one option, you know, Jonathan Taylor as his top running back, Devontae Adams as top wide receiver. I think that that's a good course. So that's why I say, I do think he makes the playoffs, but I think it might be, uh, he might need a little luck to get into the championship. It's interesting. We were talking about three QBs and he went like almost three QBs early, um, which is just, uh, it's a fascinating build. So I was, I was trying to wrap my head around it. Jersey Jason can't wrap his head around it either. I, for me, like, yeah, I get Johnny's points about depth, but again, like we're only starting two wide receivers in this format uh, as you do have one flex plus the super flex. So maybe I guess you could talk about the depth there, but Honestly, it's the hero RB build. I just wish it was different quarterbacks, to be honest. Like, I don't love going with Rodgers, who's probably going to be a more run-heavy Packers. Matt Ryan in a new offense. I think he should be good, but are we, like, surprised if he's dusted this year? I, I think Matt Ryan's yeah. actually going to be really good, but yeah. I think Dude, grabbing him in the fourth is, how do, way, how do you is say, way expensive. 
Carson Wentz was a, a okay. top 12 quarterback. So how do you younger say than Matt Ryan by quite oh. a bit? Oh, age so, is just a number. Okay. I said, I think he'll be good, but what if he's dusted? That's what I said. So calm down. Uh, Mac Jones is another one. That's like, what's the upside in Mac Jones? So again, I, you know, I, I just don't see how it gets there with the, with the QBs you got. I would have liked him to be better with the build you did. That's all. Yeah. Just to the record, uh, Matt Ryan is 37. Carson Wentz is 29. So yep. there is a little bit of difference, but I, I hear all those points. Age, age for a quarterback doesn't really matter that much, but I know Tom Brady and, and Aaron Rodgers are special. And, and, and like, Drew Brees and, and Ben Roethlisberger's arm. <laughs> Tell that for their arm. So you think, okay. all right. I yeah. I, I watched a lot of Matt Ryan's arm last year, and he was throwing some pretty yeah. awesome the only 40 one. yard bombs to the glitch and Russell Gage. Pretty sure that we guy's all, not. We all like Matt Ryan. The points are fair. The points are fair. I think he's going to do well, too. But moving on here to the Cast Pajamas, who takes Patrick Mahomes in the fourth spot, and Matt Stafford there in the second pairs up his super flex, and he gets Davis Mills as a backup quarterback down in the 10th. Man, I think people are sleeping on Davis Mills. I like this one a lot. Aaron Jones is his first halfback along with Ezekiel Elliott, rounds three and four. It gets uh, CEH, Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the seventh, Chase Edmonds in the ninth. That makes up his running back situation. He gets Terry McLaurin in the fifth, DK Metcalf in the sixth, Brandon Ayuk in the, in the eighth, with Robert Woods and Rondale Moore there in the 11th and 13th rounds for some depth pieces. Cole Komet is, is tight end. All right, so Travis, I'm really liking this squad. I don't see any holes. I see ceiling actually at every position with some with some safe pieces, kind of too. How do you, what do you think? Um, I pretty much like everything except for the wide receivers. Um, Terry McLaurin, both DK and Terry McLaurin, not at camp. Uh, looking at their possibility of playing with really bad quarterbacks this year and what how that'll affect their bag. So Carson Wentz is a really bad quarterback. Uh, I think that Terry McLaurin thinks so enough to hold out. So I think that if he's looking at it from a, a sense of like, hey, I got to go play with this guy this year, I should probably get my contract now so I don't look bad after I play with him. That's a, that's where I think the logic is coming in for both him and DK Metcalf. I think they're in very – I think that Wentz is better than Metcalf's quarterbacks. Let's not – you know, I don't want to get like some clickbait argument here like uh, we were in the last conversation. But – I uh, I do I do think that's the weakest part of his team. I think everything else is really solid. Um, I think DK Metcalf is a guy. If you look at you know the numbers with Geno Smith down down the stretch, it was actually you know uh, Lockett who was being targeted more, not DK. He lived off touchdowns. So I, I wonder if that's you know sustainable next year if Geno Smith's the quarterback. Maybe if they get Baker, but it looks like that could be Carolina. So. I like Ayuk, and I, I've been seeing a lot of hype. You know, if you look at reception perception, Ayuk versus Gabe Davis, who's getting a lot of steam, Ayuk's actually the better prospect, the better wide receiver. Mm -hmm. So there's something to be said here that maybe Lance actually, you know, maybe you fade Debo to go get Ayuk later at the value because Ayuk could actually come forth with Lance. I, I don't know if I'm really loving I, any of them, but I think that's a fine pick. Robert Woods, you just hope he gets back from the injury. And Rondell Moore, man, that's going to be one of the more interesting pieces uh, with the the DeAndre Hopkins suspension, will will Cliff Kingsbury use him in the right fashion? We'll we'll kind of see how that goes. But again, I, I like everything else here. I think he I think this is a contender just based mm. on the quarterbacks and the running backs for me. Um, the quarterbacks are top notch. Aaron Jones, I think, is going to smash, especially in PPR. And guys, Zeke was an RB was the RB six in fantasy last year on a torn PCL. 
So I, I think we're we're just a little bit disrespecting Zeke, just a little bit. Uh, and we know Jerry Jones loves him. So I hear all those points, like those ones. I'm with you there on the championship contender for the cast pajamas. Well done. Moving on to Brocal 38, who's drafted in the sixth spot with Lamar Jackson first off the board. Gets the eternal one, Tom Brady, in the second in the Superflex League. Nick Chubb is his first running back selected in the third, and he's got Rashad Penny. Cordero Patterson to pair with him in rounds eight and nine with Ramondre Stevenson being his fourth running back there in the 11th first wide receiver off the board is Mike Evans taken in the fourth Deontay Johnson Amari Cooper and back-to-back picks to make his second and third Chris Olave rookie for New Orleans in the 10th Tyler Boyd and Valdez Scantling to round it out rounds 12 and 13 Dalton Schultz tight end for the Dallas Cowboys is taken in round seven Lando, I'm looking at this team and I'm seeing a decently constructed squad with some question marks, yet some excitement still at the running back position outside of Nick Chubb. How are you evaluating this team? And is it a championship contender in the playoffs on the bubble or outside looking in for you? I think it could be a contender, but things need to fall his way. We have, I mean, Mike Evans is going to soak up a ton of targets, ton of touchdowns. Uh, Deontay has a new quarterback. We're not sure of the quarterback situation with Amari. I do wish he would have taken a, a running back in and around that run of wide receivers. Uh, but overall, I like the team. Uh, the the value he got uh, laid on, I mean, Tyler Boyd is just disrespected every single year going to the second last round. Um Olave, you got the upside in the rookie. I'm not a big Olave guy, but I understand. Hey, take throw a dart. Maybe it hits. I think overall it's a good team. Well-balanced. I've drafted with Brokel before. He's always a, a solid drafter. And, uh, yeah, I, I like the team. Very balanced. But, yeah, I would like another running back. It's just I don't know where I would have went differently. Maybe maybe uh, Deontay Johnson. Maybe, like, one of those, like, the Brees Hall, Gibson, ETN, yeah, Maris Mitchell, Jacobs. Options. I would have liked a running back instead of Deontay. That's exactly mm-hmm. where I think I think I would have went differently. Good call. Yeah, a oh, good squad though here too, bro, Cal. I think it was it's contending well done. though. I think with yeah. Lamar and and the eternal one, like you said, it's always contending. There we go. Let's take a look at Mr. The Mr. Professor is here himself, Joe Burrow in the eighth spot, first pick with Kirk Cousins, his number two quarterback there selected into the third. He takes Austin Eckler as his RB one in the second with Antonio Gibson and Josh Jacobs. Melvin Gordon as well there as his remaining running backs taken in rounds five, six and ten. First wide receiver. He delayed on this one. Round seven, Traylon Burks. Drake London, don't talk to him about rookie wide receivers. Michael Thomas there in the ninth. Christian Kirk with the Jaguars in round 11. Jarvis Landry and Devontae Parker uh, rounds 12 and 13. Okay, so Johnny now, looking at this squad, I see a lot of young wide receivers. Does that concern you at all with the rest of the team he's got here and how you're ranking it? Yeah, it does. This this team concerns me quite. I love the first half of his draft, like, all the way up to the Antonio Gibson pick, maybe Josh Jacobs. We'll we'll see where that ends up. But like, but then with the wide receivers, I just think that, which I guess if you're trying to think like wide receivers are kind of the place to miss on, um, because you can typically pick up a bunch of startable ones on the waiver wire and get you through. But I think at the end of the day, this is going to be one of those teams that's on the outside looking looking in because of the aforementioned early on the show where like it could take a little bit before these uh, rookies really kick in and become solid starters. Uh, so until then, I think you could be trying to 
get some wins. So I would say it's uh, on the outside looking in. I hear those pieces. If you get some rookie love and London and Burks pop off and, you know, start yeah, the trend then, towards a thousand yeah. plus yards early. Great. But working against the grain on that. And really like yeah. Kittle too. Like if Kittle were to be Kittle, Ooh, I like this. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Okay. Like then yeah. you, you feel better about the wide receivers taking time. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think he's actually going to get a, a good value on Michael Thomas. If we can get Thomas healthy by the time, mm-hmm. you know, August rolls around, like that's a huge value. So if you really look right. at Thomas as your wide receiver, one fully healthy, maybe Kirk and you let the running, the wide receivers kind of get there. I can see it happening, but right now, yeah, I think it needs work. I mean, Christian Kirk and Jarvis Landry could be his two starting wide receivers week one. Right. And he didn't take one to the 11th. I like who he's got that late, but when you're going to be going up against other wide receivers with a little bit more to offer, you know, you got to factor that one in. All right. The FB therapist in the nine spot takes Najee Harris with his first pick. Saquon Barkley is his second running back with Travis Etienne his third rounds three and five. Isaiah Spiller for some added depth there in round 11. Dak Prescott in round two with Trey Lance round four. And Kenny Pickett, last pick of his draft round 13 in the Superflex pickup. He also delays on wide receiver with Jalen Waddle being his first in round six. Brandon Cooks round seven. Rashad Bateman after that. Garris Wilson to follow. And Chris Godwin recovering from that ACL in round 10. Pat Fryermuth with the Pittsburgh Steelers is his tight end there in round 12. So big Travi here. I'm looking at a delayed selection on wide receivers, but I think he did pretty darn well there, especially with his three with Waddle, Cooks, and Bateman. Like sneaky, sneaky upside on all three of those with also some decent floor, probably more than you might give it credit. That's what I see first. What do you see? And how I mean, do you rank them? That's well said. I think if to wait on wide receiver and then hammer it in six through 10. And like if Godwin can go on the, the four to six game instead of the six to eight game stretch, you know, that he's out, then this team is looking really good. So to me, it's a playoff team. It'll be a contender if we get Trey Lance as the cheat code quarterback. And if you get something like Godman coming around. So I, I think it's mm-hmm. a really good team. I think the running backs are stellar. You got upside, you got stability in Najee Harris, you've got upside in, in Barkley and ETN. Um, and then you know, he just did it really right at wide receiver. And I was like, the one thing I want to pick apart is tight end, and you got Pat Fryerman. So yeah, I think I think it's all pretty, pretty well put together here. Yeah, yeah I think this one's pretty well put together too. Um, and the only concern would be having to start a wide receiver in your super flex week one. But if that's Bateman, well, I guess it would be Bateman. That's the only kind of concern that I get because you, Trey Lance might not be starting, neither pick it either. So then you'd have to go with someone else in your super flex, but he's got some options. Yeah. 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 So could, wait, did, I, did I catch you to get contender playoffs, bubble he's or outside looking? Normally playoffs. It'll really depend on Trey Lance. And really not if he's starting it, you know, like if Trey Lance can be a good thrower, like last year he had a broken finger. So mm-hmm. if he can be a good thrower of the football, I think this team will be a contender easy. There we go. Let's take a look now at Alberts, who in the 10 spot takes Justin Jefferson, sniping Johnny one pick ahead, gets CeeDee Lamb as his wide receiver two, and Michael Pittman as his wide receiver three there in rounds three and five. Elijah Moore and Tim Patrick round out his wide receiving core, pick those two up in rounds 10 and 12. Russell Wilson, Denver quarterback in round two, with Jameis Winston in round eight. He gets his first Running back, Dave Kluge's top five, Leonard Fournette there in round four with Elijah Mitchell and A.J. Dillon round six and seven. Add some extra depth at the running back position with Damian Pierce 
Houston running back around 11 with Damian Williams, who could be spelling James Conner. Maybe he's active on third down. I like that pick there, especially in round 13. His tight end is Zach Ertz. We picked up in round nine. So uh, I guess this uh, this one's going back now down to Lando here. I'm looking at really nice wide receiver, at least top heavy with those three yeah. and Jefferson, Lamb, and Pittman. I don't hate his running backs either. I'm I'm kind of vibing on this squad. What about you? I can vibe it. I can vibe it. I'm not big on Elijah Mitchell this year, but at the same mm. time, he got pretty decent value on him. I think I prefer Josh Jacobs over him this year, but uh, I see a, a road to relevance. Same with AJ Dillon. So those two are my hinge running backs, how I really grade this team on those guys and how they do. If they're good, heck, you could be looking at it as a, an absolute playoff team. I don't love Jameis. I mean, he took the two quarterback route. Same with me. So love that, Albert. Appreciate you. And then, the, yeah, I do. I like Damian Pierce, too. I think he has a sneaky little rookie upside pick in Damian mm-hmm. Pierce. Mm-hmm. Those are the late round guys I like to like to snag. Um, overall, yeah, I like the team. Good build. Really good wide receivers. If you needed to to trade uh, C.D. Lamb or Michael Pittman, he'd have no problem doing that to get mm-hmm. like an elite running back. So he's got the pieces. One, Ertz, I think, is going to be super solid, especially early yeah. in the season without Hopkins. So, yeah, good build. Love the team. I always say, like, I don't hate the players. I don't hate Elijah Mitchell. There's always a point where you're going to draft him. Right. And any of us are going are, are gonna to do that. That's where I think sometimes the listeners take our words too seriously. Like, oh, I hate, I hate so-and-so. It's like, no. At I their ADP. Hit him in the, yeah. him yeah. in the fourth Absolutely. round, but I'll take yeah. him in the sixth. Sure. Mm-hmm. So that's where I think overall I like, uh, I like Albert's team. It's a solid, well-built team. Championship yeah. contender in the playoffs on the bubble or outside looking in final in, answer. I'll say in the playoffs. I'm going to be nice to all your guys. Your subscribers are great drafters, so I'm just going to be yeah, nice they, to everyone. Yeah, they really are good. I think I think this is I, a... I think it's similar to the therapist where it's like it's a playoff team today and then also like this thing could smash. Yeah. Like, yeah. If it's like, fine, then this and, and like one of Mitchell and Dylan become like their ceiling, this team could absolutely wreck other teams. Yeah, this we could didn't be even, a nasty I, team. I got to throw a few more flowers at Elijah Moore, who we're kind of just skirting yes. under. That's actually a, a high floor, high ceiling player that I think is going to have a really good year. Coming I, yeah. Well, people I'm, I'm forget how good of Elijah Moore uh, out of a prospect he was because he played with DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. So, like he kind of got slept on. Then he came in and balled in the NFL. And I think he's getting slept on again because they obviously the, you know, Garrett Wilson draft stock. But if, Zach Wilson sucks, then Elijah yeah. Moore is likely to be the guy that still benefits. Right. He's yeah. Already benefited with him already. And so yeah. Crowder, my, Crowder is out of here. <laughs> wow. Nice. Crowder out of New York. There we go. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we are out of Albert's draft. Moving on to Jacob Bly, number one guy to round us out. He takes Jamar Chase there at the 112 spot with. DeAndre Hopkins, Adam Thielen, Kadarius Tony, and Russell Gage there in round seven through ten to make up the rest of his wide receiver core. Takes his first quarterback, Kyler Murray, in the second with Trevor uh, T. Law, Trevor Lawrence in the sixth. Baker Mayfield looks like he's going to be getting some more action in Cleveland. Well, I guess we'll see if they trade and we'll see what they end up doing. We'll see what the NFL ends up doing in round eleven. He picks up Baker. He takes his first running back there in round. 
three with Jamison Williams and Alvin Kamara as his second in round four. Adds depth at the position with Daryl Henderson round 12 and Robinson there, backup running back, rookie running back for the Washington Commandos in the 13th round. He gets Darren Waller in the fifth. I'm excited to ask Johnny what he thinks about this squad here because I'm looking at... Actually, Johnny, help me. Tell me tell, tell me what I am looking at here with Jacob Bly's squad. I don't dislike it. Help do me I love you. it? Please. Uh, I I actually do think that he put together quite a squad here. I, I do like this. I, I think he's a contender once again. Um, obviously, there's a couple things that would have to fall his way. You know, Kadarius Tony would have to hit his upside like we kind of expect. Adam Thielen would have to, I do think Adam Thielen is still a value right now, especially in the fifth, I think, or the eighth, excuse me. I still think he has uh, enough in the tank to, to get it done. You got a like Thielen his, feeling? Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I, I like his, I like his uh, Lando, running Lando. backs enough. I mean, that's the one area you could say, oh, maybe it's a little thin, especially if Alvin Kamara gets suspended, then you're kind of maybe, uh, then he could be on the bubble in that case. But, I think it's a pretty solid team build here. So uh, I would I would say that he's going to – no, I'll, I'll say he'd probably be on the bubble. I'm going to say he's going to be on the bubble just because Hopkins out and then you've got, you've, got a, you've got these other wide receivers and things that have to hit their kind of floor, I guess, in order to be, to be relevant. Um, so I guess I would put on the bubble. But I do ultimately like this team. I, I think it's pretty good. I mean, there is some uncertainty at wide receiver, but I don't know if it sinks him necessarily, Johnny, right? Because, like, if right. you look at Thielen and Gage, they could at least help him start well. Right. right? Thielen and yeah, Gage yeah. could help him start well. And then you wait for Hopkins, and if Tony is nothing, then you count your losses there. But if right. Tony hits, obviously super good. I think he's more of a playoff team just based on the Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. Waller, and running backs, right? So, And then it's like, you know, maybe he gets in there. Um, yeah. Lawrence is another wild card for this team. Like if Trevor Lawrence can, we saw some really good throws last year. If he can run a little bit more um, and, and be like a fringe QB 12 to 15, then you're looking, I think this team could be pretty good. Yeah. I agree with that. I, I'm just, I'm a little concerned about Jamison Williams with his price tag. Javon. I'm a little, Oh, Jason, Javon, Javon, Javon Williams. Excuse yeah, me, okay. Javon Williams. Thank you. No, thank you. I'm a little concerned with him at his, at his price tag. Same thing with Darren Waller and the added weapons over there now in Las Vegas. And Tony, I love the hype on it, but you, but you, but you're still kind of taking him here and you, you almost need him to do that. Trevor Lawrence is the last one. I'm giving him a big mulligan from Urban Meyer years, but we, we need to see it. We need to see it. So I'm the Raiders are so fascinating just on a tangent. It's like if you you want to be out on one of them, but like let's play the game that like Carr's been really good. And yeah. all of these receivers have been really good. Yeah. So like, what happens if the offense is just really fucking good? Yeah. You know, yeah. like, that's then it. like that's that where they can all eat. Yes. So, well, I've been more in on Waller than I was out uh, recently because I've just been thinking about it. And I'm like, maybe Vegas is a lot better than we actually think because they're they're kind of the black sheep of the division because everybody wants to hype up the other teams. But like, really, they've got a, a stellar pass pass catching unit and a guy who is constantly just proving people wrong in Derek Carr. So Travis, uh, shout out, shout out to you uh, for putting out the reel uh, on Twitter today. And you talked about how typically there are what three teams uh, that have three startable assets. Well, two, uh, two top, two top 15 wide receivers usually. Right. 
Um, yeah. And then, you know, the quarterbacks, I, I do think that the Raiders are one of those teams because we know that this offense is going to use a tight end. We saw it last year with and every year in New England, like they like to use the tight end. They're going to get him involved. And then Hunter Renfro is a really good receiver. He gets he plays the slot. They target the slot a ton. And then we already know Devontae Adams is a beast. So yeah. I think that we're kind of undervaluing this whole entire Raiders offense because of the division, because of the new offense, but I, I or OC and stuff. But I do think that there could be a lot of value in for the Raiders. And I, I like where you guys are going because yeah, you look at the division and they're gonna have to score. You go Kansas City, yep. the LA Chargers and the Denver Broncos, they're going to have, like, they have no choice but to score and they have the weapons to catch. So, more first downs, more opportunities, more touchdowns. Their defense isn't going to stop any of those guys. And what's going to be shown more heart over the last few years than the Raiders, who continuously have battled in games they shouldn't be in? And now the adversity they've overcome. And now they're even like more loaded. Uh, I I love that. That same line of thinking is why I've been like kind of turning on on Russ, like in the Broncos. Like, because at first you love it, and then you're like, well, maybe he'll be more run heavy because they were run heavy last year. But this division's going to force you to like if even if we think McDaniel's is going to be run heavy. This division yeah, is going to force you to throw. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm kind of in on on the AFC West still too. But um, I wanted to, if we can, if we have a little bit more time. Pizza Belly had a question about Michael Thomas. So yeah, I wanted to get that in here. Uh, can I get your guys's Michael Thomas take, guys? I'd love to hear how you guys are feeling about him now. Lando, why don't you uh, start us there? I think I'm pretty out on Michael Thomas, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I don't think he has a fraction of what he did. He he. Made his hey, he was the number one wide receiver based on volume with Drew Brees. Um, I don't, I don't think he's he's worth not drafting. Of course, he's worth drafting, but he doesn't hold any value to anyone. So you draft him and then you're stuck with him. No one's gonna trade you for Michael Thomas. So I think I'm just pretty much out on him. I I have no I have no desire to to draft him. I'll take him for free, but I wouldn't trade for him. Um, sorry, I just don't think this offense is really gonna be that good. So I don't really want it, many pieces of it. Mm. sorry i i wish i could be better i just <laughs> i just don't guys man it's all Dude, it's good. like Not it's like a, it's like a lotto ticket right it's like a pure lotto ticket kind of yeah, but with what's, some, the upside, what's, what's the upside though what's the upside number one wide receiver yeah, yeah. yeah. like yeah. He, he's a guy who does not have that anymore how do you say that how do you know wait 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 how can how does he not still have that when Jameis winston did that for mike evans and chris godwin so like yeah. that's definitely in the range of outcomes. I don't know, but, I, but I'm with you, Lando. I'm I'm with you that it's definitely like scary. It's definitely scary considering what you're looking at the actions of New Orleans over this offseason. They brought in uh, a rookie wide receiver that was a top, you know, top tier rookie wide receiver. Then they also went out and got Jarvis Landry, right. so who is the underneath guy? And that was you know, like you said. Michael Thomas saying was this whole slants. Now, can he do more than that? Absolutely. I think so. But you're absolutely right in saying that there is a lot of concern there and that uh, there is a, a definite gamble in taking him. But there is some pedigree and some stats that could say Winston could support him as a wide receiver one again. So he's such a conflicting dichotomy because at in one hand, like we said, he caught the most passes ever in a season. So you're like, he could be the greatest, you know, 149. 
And on the other hand, we don't have a ton of market research on guys that miss two years because right. of an ankle surgery that they put off. So like, <laughs> we really don't know like what he's going to do. And I, I would agree that the skepticism is there for land. I, I get it, Lando, but also where he's going right now, if we get him now, especially in these drafts and we get to training camp and that dude's fully healthy and back on the field. Yeah. I think that there, there's going to be some, He's definitely, he belongs to me as like a wide receiver two, maybe even back end wide receiver two, but with wide receiver one upside, because we know like that's what he's got in his wheelhouse. So in this draft here, I want to read the two names taken right before the two wide receivers taken before Michael Thomas and the two wide receivers taken after Michael Thomas here in the ninth round. Let me know which one of these guys you'd rather have two wide receivers taken before Michael Thomas were Devonta Smith and Gabe Davis. The two wide receivers taken after Michael Thomas were Garrett Wilson and Kadarius Toney. Oh man. So I mean I think the injury is what concerns me the most. And this guy coming back, like a lot of things have to break right for him to get back to revel relevance. So I'd rather just I'd rather just take the shot on these upside guys that that Austin was just saying. These young guys, I'd rather all of them over Michael Thomas just because they haven't been injured. Gabe Davis has some upside. You have some rookies here with some explosiveness. I just don't know if Thomas still has that explosiveness because I don't know. I'm that's why I don't know. Like we're projecting health, but it's hard to do for a guy that hasn't played football since 2019. Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm getting some Kenny Galladay vibes. Like I like it could happen, but I'm I'm thinking with Lando for the most part. I I acknowledge the upside and what could happen, but I'm I'm fading. On yeah, that but, one, I'd yeah. rather go with one of these other upside players. Like Gabe Davis is the one like I I take. Mm-hmm. Um, May, Devonta Smith is a tough one. I I, I think there's upside cool. there. The other two after him, I'm fine with Thomas over those two, and I like Tony a lot. But yeah. I'm fine with Michael Thomas over Kadarius Tony and Garrett Wilson because I just think there's big question marks for both those guys as well. Travi, uh, Michael Thomas or Chris Olave? I redraft this year. I'd take Michael Thomas this year. Okay. But I like Chris um, a lot. I mean, I have him in Dynasty, and and there's been a lot of good reports about him. Apparently, there's this uh this this test they do at the combine that shows all the routes they run in the NFL, and he blew every wide receiver out of the out of the water in this route testing. So wait, so you're <laughs> telling me there's a reception perception yeah. in the NFL combine now? Hell yeah, let's um, go. So like, um, yeah, I I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd take Thomas over those two, just kind of like ha- as Ron did here. But Davis is the one that, like, okay, I, I, I take the swing on Gabe Davis over Mike Thomas. Yeah, I hear it on those ones. Speaking of reception perception, Travis, do you want to give Whisper Nation a little bit of a preview of what we got coming up later this week? Uh, yeah. So later this week, we're going to be actually with Kyle Dvorak, but we will, speaking of reception perception, we'll shout out Matt Harmon from Yahoo. We're going to have on the mock draft marathon. We're excited to have Matt Harmon join us for there. We're going to get Lando back, of course, and Mac, uh, on that mock draft marathon. That'd be four years running to get our boys over there, our brothers in arms over there. But this Thursday, um, well, actually we've got two shows this week. Yeah, we have. Yeah. That's a special show. Yeah. That's where I thought Austin was going. Tomorrow. Before right. Thursday Special. is Tuesday. And tomorrow we have yeah. Sigmund Bloom on the show tomorrow from Football Guys. So make sure it's a special Tuesday show, three or 2.30 p.m. Eastern time. So make sure you guys are checking in for that one. We're going to be talking big level narratives, top burning questions for uh, fantasy football for the 2022 season. And then, of course, we've got our Thursday show, which we'll be doing a best ball underdog draft with Kyle Dvorak from NBC Sports Edge. So make sure you guys are subscribed and checking out the channel.
Absolutely. And while you're at that, Lando, thanks again for joining us. Always a special treat. Can you tell Whisper Nation where they can follow you at? We've also got your information down in the description below. Yeah, you got it. Uh, we'll be posting. We're, we go live every um, every Tuesday night on our YouTube channel. So check out the Snap Fantasy Football um, on YouTube. We are Snap underscore Fantasy on all social media, um, Instagram, Twitter. I'm Lando underscore FF. If you want to talk to me personally, we have a Discord. We have, we have everything you guys need. So if you want to interact with us, uh, my esteemed co-host Mac is a, is a great guy as well. So reach out to us. Uh, comment on our videos helps us out subscribe to the channel we very much appreciate it and uh, yeah thanks whisper nation for everything you guys drafted great and shout out to johnny game time big travi and austin appreciate you guys very much uh thank you so much man always a joy to have us you're welcome anytime y'all know him at snap go ahead and follow him do yourself a favor well that's it boys whisper nation love you so much um there's that's johnny game time hicks there's big travi i'm austin sear we're the Fantasy Whispers. We're out of here. Peace. Peace. Right here. Hey, you like mock drafting? So do we. Check out one of our previous mocks in the videos here and like and subscribe to catch next week's mock draft coming your way.